Morning, church. Stay right there. Don't you go anywhere. Don't you go anywhere. Actually, do you want to preach? No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. No, it's, it's nice and simple this morning. Anyway, it's just, uh, I decided uh, throughout the week that I wouldn't continue with the learning a new normal thing just for today. We'll just take a break from learning a new normal and just focus specifically a short message on Christmas. Uh, so I'm going to pray and ask God to really bless this message and then I'm going to need 21 volunteers. So start just sort of thinking, yeah, that's me. I'm a volunteer. I could do that. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now that you bless your word as it comes through this vehicle. God, if there's anything in me that needs to be removed, take it out. God, we want your heart and your word right now, not the word of man. So God, allow this to be from you this morning to reach us and touch us and bless us and help us to grow in your mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Excellent. 21 volunteers. Let's go. Whack your hand up. I need you. Um, it's good. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Yep. 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 Where are we up to? Yep. 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 Who's counting? Who's counting? Start Start from right over here and line up right along the front so we can see how many we got. Robin, you're number one. Head right down the end there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. There's a few Edwardses up here. That's a, come on, I need about seven or eight more. Get on with it. Quick, quick, quick. You never know. You could get a blessing out of this. Then again, I could embarrass you and make you feel silly. So you choose. <laughs> what are we up to? Who can count? Number off from the end. Robin. Uh, that's the accountant. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. <laughs> Need three more. Quick, come on. Could be something in it. Stewie, one. Ali, two. Rakesh, three. Good. Get on the end. 19, 20, and 21. Well done. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Now, actually, what I might need you to do is all come round in front and right along the front of the stage so that we can actually see you. Because you're standing, they're sitting, so they'll still see you. Just on the ground, but right along the front, standing up. Hands behind your back, facing forward. Beautiful work. It's just going to take a moment to get organised. Nikki is going to come along and put something in your hands while they remain behind your back. And you are to not make too many noises or oohs and ahs, just to hold on there. And we'll double check that we're all getting the right, it's all numbered to make sure that it works. Are you feeling confident? It's all good, it's all good. And all you need to do, people, my volunteers, numbers 1 to 21, is stay right where you are, keep that little item behind you, and at the appropriate moment, I'm going to read a story, and at the appropriate moment, Nikki is going to be able to walk along behind you, so in fact, could you stay, take half a step forward, everybody? Beautiful, not you, sitting down, that's good, nice work. Um, and Nikki will walk along behind you and just tap you and at that point you need to whatever is behind you you need to raise it up above your head and point it out towards the congregation make sense are you with me come on I need a bit more feedback are you with me excellent it's Christmas you're allowed to be loud and joyful and happy the kids are with us and uh, you've got something exciting in your hands so be excited about it and people so we know what what I'm doing here is I'm about to read you the Christmas story It's the Christmas story with a slight difference, but it's the Christmas story nonetheless, and I want you to grasp what happens as we read the story. Are we right to go? My beautiful assistant, Nikki, has lined them all up. Hopefully, hopefully this will work. This is entitled, The Chocolate-Focused Christmas Story. A long, long time ago, 
Joseph and Mary had to travel from Nazareth to the little town of Bethlehem to be counted in the census as ordered by the government. There was only one small problem with this plan. Mary was nine months pregnant at the time and it was a long and difficult journey. As they traveled, Mary began to have labor pains. Yowie, she said. Can we stop for a snack, please, Joseph? Yes, dear, Joseph replied. You got the big one, Chloe. That's fantastic. Yes, dear, Joseph replied. I can see you need some time out. Why don't we have a break? Help help me there. Kit Kat, thank you. Thank you, honey, she said. You really are my white knight in shining armor. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. A little bit of support wouldn't be a bad thing. Thank you. Soon after their little rest, they finally arrived in Bethlehem and began looking for somewhere to stay for the night. All the inns and taverns were full and they could not find anywhere that had a vacancy. They went from club to club, (laughs) but still had no success. Finally, a kindly innkeeper offered them shelter for the night out the back in the area used as a stable for the furry friends. (laughs) Joseph and Mary gratefully accepted the offer, unpacked their belongings, and that is where the precious baby Jesus was born that night. At that time, some shepherds were having a little dinner out in the field when they suddenly saw a great light in the sky. (laughs) Thank you. And a smaller, whitish object. Was it a dove? No, it was an angel who had come to tell them that Jesus, their saviour, had been born. The shepherds immediately left their picnic (laughs) and their sheep and hurried off to Bethlehem to visit the new baby. Meanwhile, in a distant country, some smarties... had noticed a strange new star in the Milky Way. They knew it wasn't Mars, but they knew it was definitely a special star, indicating that a new king had been born, and they wanted to meet and worship this new king. So they travelled to see the current king, King Herod, to let him know the good news about the new king. He was very interested and asked them to let him know as soon as they found the new king so that he too could go and worship the new king. Over time, the wise men made their way to Bethlehem, found Jesus, fell down, worshipped him, and offered him their bounty, which was old gold, frankincense, and myrrh. (laughs) A little bit quick off the block. Then the crunch came. God warned the wise men in a dream that Herod was actually a flake, And that he was up to his old twicks again. And he actually intended to harm the child. So they went home a different way. It's very easy to forget the real meaning of Christmas in our modern world as we get into a bit of a twirl. Receive far too many presents and chomp down on far too much beautiful food. But let's not forget the real meaning of Christmas this year. Give these guys a big round of applause.
Now, volunteers, you have a choice. You can eat the chocolate, you can swap it with someone else, or you can go and bless it someone and give it to them. Or share it. Break it up and share it. And I'm very interested as to how my children ended up with the two biggest ones. Very, very interesting. (laughs) So why did we do that? Good question. Fair question. Why did we do that? We did that because it was fun, yes. And we did that because most people like chocolate, yeah. But most importantly, I did it because I want you to remember what we just did. And it's a great tool for remembering. You will remember that 21 people stood up there and held on to chocolate. And you'll remember, you won't necessarily remember the whole thing, but you'll remember the point. And the point is this. We can spin and shape and twist Christmas to be what we want it to be. Or we can see it and receive it for what it really is. I'll say that again. We can spin and shape and twist Christmas to be what we would like it to be. Or we can see it and receive it for what it really is. At this time of the year, our modern world goes completely mad. People are rushing all over the place, shopping, grabbing, preparing this, creating stress and anxiety over a season which is actually intended by God to be exactly the opposite. We as humans, as we all know and know well, have managed to commercialise, pressurise, mess up what is meant to be the most beautiful, thought-provoking, inspiring, life-changing time of the year. We're all guilty, which is why I wrote that Christmas story with chocolate, the chocolate Christmas story, because if you try hard enough, you can twist this story to suit yourself. I managed to twist it to suit the manufacturers of chocolate bars. You can twist it to however you would like, or we can start to look at what it really means. So what is it really all about? This year, I've actually done some shopping, some Christmas shopping, which is very unusual because I don't normally do any Christmas shopping. I'm not a big fan of shopping at the best of times, and I'm a huge non-fan of shopping centres I just can't stand being inside all the time. And I'm most definitely not a fan of rude people or pushy crowds. So I'm not a a lover of shopping and I'm especially not a lover of Christmas shopping. Normally, Nikki does all of our Christmas shopping. This year, we're doing things slightly differently within the family. And so I said, no, 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 I'll be right. I'll I'll be able to do my own shopping. I'll I'll buy my own presents. It's good. We'll get it right. Um, So far, I've tried once and it was a dismal failure. (laughs) So I've still got some more to do. Uh, I get distracted. I, um, I meet people that I know. So I sit and have a coffee and I, I see something that takes my attention and I just catch up with people and then I sort of forget, oh, I'm meant to be shopping and oh, no, oh, oh dear. So it didn't really work. I've got to go back and start again. But the thing that did impact me was a sign in one shop window. It was a beautician, actually. Don't ask why I was at the beautician. <laughs> yes. That's another story. A beautician in Packington Street with this beautifully designed and printed poster on the window that simply said this, the best gifts change lives. And I stood and stared at it. The best gifts change lives. I thought two things. I thought, I wonder what the beautician thinks that means. I assume the people who own the, the 
would you call it a beauty parlour, the place, the salon, thank you, nice word, clearly haven't been there very often. <laughs> um, the people that own this salon obviously believe that uh, if you spend time in their salon, it will change your life. So they're encouraging people to purchase gifts or gift vouchers or whatever that can come in and have your nails done, have your toenails done, do your hair, your skin, whatever it, whatever it is. And they're assuming that that will change your life. So they're advertising the best gifts change lives. I don't really buy that from the, from the beautician. But that phrase impacted itself under my heart and my head and I walked away going, that's actually right. The best gifts do change lives and the best gift changes all lives, if we'll let it. So there was Christmas right there for me. I stopped shopping and I just stared at that sign. There's an acknowledgement, albeit unintentional or subconscious, of what Christmas is actually really about. It's a gift and it changes your life. It's the gift of love from God expressed through his son, Jesus Christ, that can change our life. Christmas is actually all about God giving you and I love. Christmas is actually all about God giving you and I love, expressed through Jesus Christ. But it's God giving us his love, giving us the opportunity every day, not just once a year on Christmas Day, but every day to live this life of relationship with God the Creator, God the Saviour, God the King and God the Father. And we have this opportunity once a year where the world actually takes notice just for a minute because they sort of allow us to creep into their lounge rooms with carols and, 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 and discussion about Christmas. So we have this once a 365-day year cycle to really speak about Christ. We can do it every other day, of course, but the world isn't really listening 364 days. But on that day, on the 25th of December, an arbitrarily chosen day, mind you, but on that day, the world starts to hear just a little bit about the power and truth and reality of Jesus Christ. So we've got this opportunity to go, oh, yes, let's talk about it. We can't talk about it if we don't understand it ourselves. We've got to understand it ourselves to be able to pass it on. So if we actually look at it, I started to really think as I was completely losing focus on shopping and looking at this sign going, yeah, you know what? The only gift that matters is the one that really changes your life. The others are fun, fantastic, and I don't want to be, you know, bar humbug about Christmas because it's fun. It's great. We should swap presents and we should eat as families and we should visit our friends and we should bless each other with company and smiles and cuddles and warmth and good cheer. It's all important. But the heart of it is remembering what it's all about. A gift of love from God through Christ to you. And if we would grab that, it would change so much about the way we live, not just on Christmas Day, but every day. So if all this is about the giving of love, my question to myself and to all of you this Christmas is really simple. What are you giving to God, to others, and to yourself this Christmas? What are you giving to God, to others, and to yourself this Christmas? Now, to help you frame your thoughts and your answer to that question, I'm going to take a few minutes to read through the entirety of the two accounts of the first Christmas, the birth of Christ, straight from Scripture, from Matthew and from Luke. I want to read you just word for word. No embellishments, no references to chocolate, no 
added extras, no personal opinion, no expository anything, just reading scripture of the first Christmas story. I would encourage you to either close your eyes and listen or grab a pen and a paper and scribble things down as they come to mind because we want to answer this question. What am I giving to God this Christmas? What am I giving to other people this Christmas? What am I giving to myself this Christmas? In terms of understanding that Christmas is really about a gift of love, what's my response to that? What am I giving? Let's go straight to the Word to help us understand. Firstly, from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, right the way through to chapter 2, verse 12. Straight scripture. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the wise men secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Where they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And across to Luke, reading chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and then 2, chapter 2, 1 to 20. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married 
to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary said? I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Lord, the Holy Spirit, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And over in chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. It's nice to hear the Christmas story, unadulterated, unaltered, straight from Scripture. So the question remains, and it's the question I'm going to leave with you this morning. What are you giving to God this Christmas? What are you giving to others this Christmas? What are you giving to yourself this Christmas? I too have been thinking about this, of course, and I've determined 
three little steps that will answer those questions for me personally, which I'm happy to share. And if that encourages you, fantastic. This will take a couple of moments. My gift for God this Christmas, the best gift I can give God is my total focus and priority. Within my total focus and priority lies my attention, my obedience, my trust, and my faithfulness. For the leadership team who heard Pastor Alan Davies speak on Tuesday night here, he was brilliant. And he spoke about trusting God no matter what circumstances you are facing or traveling through. And it was a timely reminder for me and for others, I'm sure. So I'm aiming this Christmas and into next year for an increased commitment to prayer and to the study of the word as I give God my total focus and number one priority. What will you give God this Christmas? My gift for others, the best gift I can give others, any other person, is my best effort. My best effort means offering my honesty and whatever wisdom I have at all times, being willing to help and point others towards Christ. In other words, representing God, imitating him, replicating what God would do in any given situation or circumstance. This doesn't mean me doing an impersonation of God. And everybody said, Amen. Because my impersonations are well known to be really bad. And impersonations by their very definition are impersonal. I don't want to be impersonal, especially when it comes to representing God. So rather than trying to do an impersonation of God, I want to try and live out a personification of God. Big difference. Massive difference. I don't want to be a, a pale and worthless imitation in that sense of God. An impersonation is never close to the heart of the original. It can mimic, but it can never really represent. But God actually asks us to represent him. He says, you can't do it on your own. But if you open your heart and I live through you, then we can work together. This Christmas, this year, my gift to others is my best effort. I'm aiming to be available for others, especially family and friends, and giving my best effort. What will you give to others this Christmas? And finally, my gift for myself. The best gift I can give myself this Christmas and into 2010 is time. Time to spend continuously improving my health in body, soul and spirit. Time to rest, time to think, time to slow down, time to take the pressure off. Time to smell the roses, breathe deeply. Time is a precious gift. And it's the one gift I intend to give to myself this Christmas and next year. What will you give yourself this Christmas? What are you going to give to God? What are you going to give to others? What are you going to give to yourself this Christmas? What will you be thinking about, preparing for, focusing on in the next few days in the lead up to Christmas Day this Friday? Where is your attention and your focus 
right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're an awesome and mighty God. And we thank you, Lord, not just for Christmas in the sense of one day, one week, one season, a year, but for what Christmas actually really is, a celebration and acknowledgement of your incredible love for all mankind, that you were prepared to look for whatever it would take to fully express your love for us. And you did that by sending your son in human form to live amongst us, to teach us and lead us, to take on our sin, to die for us, to defeat sin on the cross, to get off the cross and out of the tomb and reign over sin in victory. At the very heart of Christmas is your unbelievable gift of love. So our prayer this year, God, is that yes, we would enjoy the festivities and yes, we would enjoy the fun and yes, we would appreciate the time with family and friends and the the, the fun and the food and the presents and the love and the, the warmth and the hugs and the cuddles and the photos and the memories, all the fantastic stuff that happens at Christmas. Yes, we will enjoy that. But at the very heart of these things, God, we pray that our focus, our attention would be on you and on saying thank you for the incredible love that you've shown, expressed, delivered and handed to us. And it's our intent, Lord Jesus, not just to say thank you, but to respond by doing the things that you've called us to do. Straight to you, to others and to ourselves. I pray on behalf of us all that we would hear and understand how much you love us and how much you're calling us to obedience, calling us to a life with you, calling us to live the way that you would have us to live. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this Christmas. Thank you, God, for the life of Christ, the heart of Christmas. Thank you, God, for the love that fills us from you And may we spread that love, responding to the heart that you've shown. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a fantastic Christmas week. Uh, You're welcome, as you've been told many, many times, to come along tonight. We'd love to see you.